football is back, baby. And so are arbitrary lists to make people angry. Crossy Posse Packer Nation! Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Yeah, technically this is late because we already played, but like I didn't have time to get it out this week, so like it's going to have to do. And plus, the Chiefs were already going to be number one on my list. Oh, spoilers. I guess you don't have to watch the video now. So I understand if people are upset because you're like, Tom, this is technically cheating, but honestly, I'm trying the best I can. I have spent the entire week putting out amazing content day after day after day, and I just didn't have time to fit it in. Grassi, and today we are going to be taking a look at the week one top 10 NFL team rankings. Before we get to that, I want to do a big shout out and thank you. We got a bunch of Patreons and YouTube members because I haven't done it in like a week because they were pre-recorded interviews and here I go, I'm ranting again. First over on the Patreon side of things, we have Grimes52 up into $20. Thank you. We have Bill Gates is destroying the world. I mean, I don't think the new Xbox is that bad. We have John Dunham, we have Nick Gonzalez, and we have Connor F. Doherty. A big shout and thank you to all the new patrons over at patreon.com slash Comedy. And over on the YouTube member side of things, we have Android Gang 775 We had John Wayne Everett, Eric Johnson, Bentai912. We have Ron Toll, Scott Reese, Kyle Law, Kyle Duffield, Cole Nyans, and Gene Kinney. A big shout out and thank you to all of you this creator really, really appreciates it. So yes, I wanted to get this video out earlier this week, um, but honestly, it was just such a jam-packed week, and then my motherboard crashed, and so I honestly just did not have time to do so. And again, yeah, the Chiefs were gonna be number one, and last night honestly just solidified that for me, so really no changes, because the Texans weren't gonna be in the top 10 because they had Bill O'Brien, so simply for that reason, they weren't gonna make this list. So starting off at number 10, let's just let the anger flow through you. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers, and people are like, wait, already, Tom? Punch the microphone. It's been two minutes into the video. How are the Steelers a top 10 team? Well, they paid me. No, but honestly, there's a bunch of teams that are on the cusp that I can definitely see breaking into the top 10. However, with those other teams, like the Buccaneers, for example, the Buccaneers are not on my top 10. And the reason being is because while I think they can be a very good football team, I am getting a lot of vibes of like the Eagles dream team from a few years back and that we do not know how they are going to play together as a team. There is a lot of nuance. There is a lot of change that has gone on in Tampa Bay and change doesn't necessarily equate to success. Now, a lot of people think that Tom Brady is going to do really well with Godwin, going to really do with Evans, right? You have OJ Howard and Gronk. You have a run game now that's basically a three-headed dragon. And the thing that really stands out to me is that number one run defense from last year, that that secondary should have improved, and obviously that linebacker core is also evolving too. But for me, the thing that gives the Steelers an edge before we watch any of them play football is the Pittsburgh Steelers almost made the playoffs last year, and they really had no offense to speak of. I think that's a testament to how good that defense was and how good that defense is going to be this year. Minka Fitzpatrick came in and almost immediately made an impact. You have guys like TJ Watt who are constantly tearing it up and I think that they are going to be an incredible defense this year now put that aside and you look at their offense a lot of people talking about like okay you know Ben 
obviously getting up there in age, coming off a major injury. Apparently, this is like the first offseason, like, in a long, long time that Ben didn't have any pain when he was throwing. He says that he feels great. All the reports coming out of training camp is that he was able to make all of the throws all over the field. And that should be like, oh, okay, that's a good thing. Throw on top of that, James Conner. I mean, this is going to be his year to make a resurgence after a really down year last year. Same with Juju Smith-Schuster. Schuster tore it up two years ago. Can he finally be that number one guy? And I think from a standpoint of the offense was so bad last year that the Steelers offense just has to be a bit better than that and they're going to make the playoffs. So because there's not a ton of nuance and change and they've played as a team before and they have found success, that's why I gave them the edge over a team like the Buccaneers. This could radically change, you know, next week if the Steelers wind up losing to the Giants. But heading into the season, I'm going to pick the team that has worked together as a team before in the past over one that just got a whole bunch of new players and free agency. Then number nine, sticking with really good defenses, I have the Buffalo Bills. You could argue that you could make this team higher, but there is a lot of unknown, and that unknown is going to kind of fall on the shoulders of Josh Allen. We know how good their defense is, right? We don't really need to talk about it. Trey White, amazing, just got paid as an amazing corner. Ed Oliver looks to take a huge step this year. The O-line is solid. They brought in Stephon Diggs. They have Singletary. They brought in Zach Moss. And the Bills were able to make the playoffs with guys like John Brown and Cole Beasley. So for this, you add a number one wide receiver, it really is just going to come down to Josh Allen. This is put up or shut up time. I've said it all offseason. Can he fix those accuracy issues? Which, you know, he did take some steps last year. The guy is mobile outside of the pocket, can definitely use his legs. Can he be that franchise guy? Well, this is the year to prove it. I happen to think, yes, he can. However, that's why they're ranking down a little bit lower because there is more stability and certainty at the QB position on some of these other teams that are going to be ahead of them. But honestly, the Bills could be one of the best teams in the NFL this year. Then number eight, I got the Seattle Seahawks. Looking at that offense, Russell Wilson could have easily won an MVP trophy if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson last year. The guy played amazing. And on top of that, they literally lost all of their running backs, like all of them. And they were still damn good, and they made it to the divisional round, and they put up a fight against the Green Bay Packers. You have Tyler Lockett, who definitely replaced Doug Baldwin as the number one guy. You have DK Metcalf, who, you know, struggled early on, and which makes sense because he was a rookie, but really came on hot and strong, oh baby, in the playoffs. And so you looked for him to take a year two jump. A healthy running back room led by Chris Carson. And they even have the mysterious nature of Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon getting reinstated. Is he going to be able to actually make an impact? I mean, I feel like we say this every single year when he gets reinstated, but that could give him another weapon to throw to. The concerns I have with the team obviously are on the lines. It's the offensive line, even though Russ and Wilson just runs away from all of his problems. Then you have the defensive line. You lost Davian Clowney. Do they really have a number one rusher? That defense is definitely not what it used to be. That's where I see some holes, but I think their offense can be really, really good, that their defense can just be adequate, and this team can still go far. The Seahawks are absolutely still going to be a threat this year. Then number seven, I got the New Orleans Saints. Now, again, you can make the argument that this team should be higher. For me right now, 
a lot of it's going to fall on Drew Brees. Is he going to regress? On top of that, the offensive line, there are some changes going on there. They are relying on some young guys to protect an aging QB, which to me doesn't really seem like a great recipe. But as they showed last year, that offense is one of the most dynamic and high scoring in the NFL. You have Alvin Kamara, who apparently they are very close to extending, and he is a dynamic playmaker. He was hurt last year, played all last year hurt. Look for him to do really, really well this season. Even with the backup of Latavius Murray, who filled in when he was hurt, yeah, they're going to be just fine. You have, obviously, Michael Thomas. You have Emmanuel Sanders, who got brought in from the 49ers. You have Jared Cook as a great tight end. The defense does give me some concerns. We'll see if some of those early draft picks actually wind up paying off. But the Saints are in a pretty tough division with the Falcons, who I think could definitely be a dark horse, and as we mentioned before, the Buccaneers. It's going to be a lot tougher for them to make the playoffs this year, but I, I'm kind of getting the sense that this might be the last hurrah. Not only are they about to fall off a cap cliff, but on top of that, is this going to be the final year of Drew Brees in New Orleans? Then number six, you got the Green Bay mother-loving Packers. Now, a lot of people pointing at, did they get better? We are going to see. Did they get worse? I don't think so, except for one spot, which is a lot of uncertainty, is that is right tackle, right? Ricky Wagner dealing with some issues. You have Billy Turner, who is also injured. Who knows who's going to wind up starting at right tackle? For me right now, that's my biggest concern with the Green Bay Packers. Yes, that run defense is also concerning, but you have obviously Kenny Clark, who is amazing. Hopefully a guy like Kingsley Kiki is going to be able to take that year two jump as we're going to highly be relying on him. I have a lot of optimism in that defense. That defense took a huge step last year, and now coming into this year, Darnell Savage continuing to grow. You have Jair Alexander, who has established himself as one of the best corners in the NFL. You have the Smith brothers, who are one, if not the best pass rushing tandem in the NFL. And then you throw in former 12th pick, Rashawn Gary, who has looked amazing in camp, who has done amazing with his offseason workouts. And I think that if he could establish himself as one of those amazing rushers, you have three guys who can constantly get at the quarterback. And that's just on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, on the offense, you have a bunch of weapons who could do really well. You obviously have Devontae Adams and you have Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a much, much better year than he did last year, even though statistically he doesn't have to, right? Because they established that running game. You have Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, who apparently had a nice camp as well as a receiving threat. You have a bruiser back in A.J. Dillon, who later in the year I think is going to make defenses miserable. Jay Sternberger, who is a great receiving tight end who got injured last year, he has a chance to establish himself. And this might be one of those teams where they can run on you and they can also pass. And while a lot of the focus is going to be on wide receiver, Alan Lazard started doing amazing at the tail end of the season. MVS has said to have had a really, really good camp. You could have our speedy threat. I know I'm saying you could. There is a lot of question marks with this Green Bay Packers team, but what we know for sure is that defense is going to be damn good. And on top of that, last year, they were able to get to the NFC Championship game. So I think if you have some improvements from guys that they have previously drafted, they're definitely going to be in the thick of it again. Then number five, oh God, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Now I know I'm already going to be laughed out of the room here, but I have a feeling that the Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion, are going to run over the league. Now, usually that kind of talk would be reserved just for delusional Cowboys fans. But if you take a look at the team that they have assembled, 
I got to think that, holy crap, this is a really good football team. And throw on top of that, they finally have a competent coach that could lead them to success. Looking on that offensive side of the ball, guys like Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and of course, Amari Cooper is a triple threat of receivers. On top of that, you have a healthy Zeke behind a great offensive line. And while Dak, you know, isn't amazing, he puts up great stats, and on top of that, I think he can be the conductor for this offense. McCarthy, as a QB coach, I think that this is Dak's way to say, hey, this is how I'm going to get paid because it really is put up or shut up. If Dak is able to do really, really well, this guy is in for a major, major payday. And on top of that, with the defense, you have a young linebacker core, but they are emerging. You have Everson Griffin coming over from the Vikings, who has been nothing but consistent over the past 10 years. While that secondary is a little suspect, what they seem to be building reminds me a lot of like the 2011 Packers, which I know didn't end well for them, but that offense might just put up so many points that teams are just not going to be able to compete. So right now, just on paper, Cowboys, you made it into the top five. I'm sure this will change within a week or so, but enjoy your time in the sun, Icarus. Then number four, I got the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans who shocked the world last year, going 9-7 and seven yet again, but actually making it to the AFC Championship game. Ryan Tannehill was a surgeon out there last year. Derrick Henry was just a bruiser and basically just ran over everybody, looking at you, Jaguars. On top of that, A.J. Brown emerged as an amazing receiver threat who's now only coming into his second year. I'm expecting big things from him. And looking at the defensive side of the ball, they added Jadavian Clowney as they had been missing a number one rusher. And so the Titans, for me, I think that they are absolutely set to make another run. Looking at the Texans last night, who looked, you know, as flat as my bicycle tire, I'm not really scared a whole lot. Their biggest competition is going to be with the Colts, who I don't have a ton of faith in at the moment. But right now, I think it is the Titans division to lose. I think that they are a very good, balanced football team. And watch out if they're able to get that passing game anywhere near that running game. Yeah. They're going to be good. Then number three, I got the San Francisco 49ers. The rich just keep getting richer. Now, I know that they have been struggling with injuries. Obviously, Debo Samuel is going to be out for a while. I know Ayuk has also been dealing with a nagging hamstring injury. And they did lose a guy like DeForest Buckner, who, while they did replace him with Kinlaw in the draft, you know, he's going to take a little bit to get up to DeForest Buckner status if he's ever going to get there. But I think the biggest offseason acquisition is going to be of offensive tackle Trent Williams, who apparently was having a field day with Nick Bosa in practice. That offensive line was still really good last year. Now they're going to be even better. They are going to be able to say, hey, we're going to just run it down your throat. That running back room is basically the same, except for, of course, Matt Breida. But Mostert is going to be like, hey, can I be that feature back? They obviously gave him a little bit more money this past offseason. And Jimmy G, I know, getting a lot of hate, right, because he basically just had to hand off the ball, which is not his fault. But as I've said, he has won a couple of games, you know, came up short in the Super Bowl, but with weapons like George Kittle, yeah, they're always going to be in contention. This is another really good football team with a great defense, a great running game. And if Jimmy G is able to improve, they have a good shot at making it back to the Super Bowl. Then number two, you got the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this is another team that I think got better during the offseason. I think they had an amazing draft with guys like Patrick Queen just falling to them and the Packers not drafting him. In addition, a guy like J.K. Dobbins who gets to learn behind Mark Ingram, who was amazing last year. They had a great run game. You have 
former MVP from last year, Lamar Jackson, who tore it up on the ground and through the air. Now they did lose Earl Thomas, which I think will definitely hurt that secondary as they are relying on some unproven guys. But overall, I think that this team is definitely poised for success. I think it would be an absolute shock if they don't make another deep run into the playoffs because this team can kind of just beat you either way. And with the Ravens, it's honestly kind of pick your poison. Are you going to get run all over? Or are you going to get thrown all over? So... Yeah, the Ravens are a good football team. And finally, as I spoiled it in the intro, you got the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I was going to pick the Chiefs already, right? Their defense got sneakily good at the end of the year last year. Their offense, obviously a powerhouse, and they didn't really even have a running game last year. And if last night was any indication... Yeah, either the Texans really suck or the league is in trouble because the Chiefs now have a running game. Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire... I did not have a lot of faith in him. I did not draft him in fantasy because I was like, yeah, top 10 pick on a rookie running back. That's way too much. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire showed off his stuff last night. Amazing cuts. And I will say, though, right, when they did stack the box, meaning the Texans, I think his average fell to about 3.2 yards per carry, which teams could definitely do in the future with better run defense teams. You know, Edwards-Hilaire might not have the best game. But at the same time, if you're stacking the box, then you have to worry about Patrick Mahomes and all the weapons that he has in the receiving cores, right? He has Sammy Watkins. He has Tyreek Hill, Demarcus Robinson, who, you know, dropped two touchdowns last night, but also made some great catches. Of course, you have Travis Kelsey. This is a team that literally can beat you any which way. And this is a team that I am super confident in could absolutely repeat. Now, you know, listen, while they're giving everybody contracts for a kajillion dollars, I don't know how it's going to look like in a few years, but right now the Kansas City Chiefs are the team to beat in the NFL. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. Do you, do you think there are any teams that should have made this list, like the Colts, the Buccaneers, the Vikings, etc.? Let me know what you think down in the comments below. You can always find me at TomGrassyComedy.com or at TomGrassyComedy on all social media you see down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrassyComedy and the YouTube members. No live stream tonight, but we will be live Sunday, 1 p.m. right here on YouTube. Packers, Vikings, be there. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassy. And as always... Go Pack Go!